To Who Died with Pete and Alex. It's your weekly guide to some of the famous, infamous, and noteworthy figures who uh, took a dirt nap this week. That's one of my longtime favorites. A little bit insensitive, but hey, that's, uh, that's why we're here. The nap I like, um, though. The nap implies that you'll nap. wake up at some point. It's a temporary thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, I'm Pete the Retailer. It's Alex Robinson. We do this show where we talk about who's, uh, who's passed on uh, in the last couple of days. Hopefully you... Uh, You've heard it. You get the idea. And uh, Alex, I believe you have our first honoree this week. Yes, it's a big one. It is the legendary Anime Bullock, better known as Tina Turner, the Mm. uh, pop icon, uh, born November 26, 1939, went to the great beyond May 24th, 2023. Um. A lot of people listening to this probably already know who Tina Turner is, but let's take a look back and give some highlights and maybe some things you might not be aware of of, with Ms. Turner. She rocketed to uh, first uh, pop culture awareness uh, when she teamed up with her husband, Ike Turner. Uh, They recorded together 1960 to 1976. Um, And uh, they had hits with uh, Proud Mary and River Deep Mountain High and other ones. But uh, it was her solo album in 1984, Private Dancer, uh, recorded in just two weeks, that put her majorly on the map as a uh, solo recording artist. Mm. Uh, the, the, it won uh, Record of the, of the Year. Uh, overall, she'd go on to win 12 Grammys uh, with her solo career. And uh, this is where all the hits that you know, Tina Turner, What's Love Got to Do With It, You Better Be Good to Me, Private Dancer, Thunderdome, Simply the Best... And on and on and on. Hmm. Um, and uh, she was also the first. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. She was uh, back in the day. Rolling Stone used to be a big thing for baby boomer uh, culture. She was sure. the first woman and the first uh, black artist on the cover of Rolling Stone. So she's huh. a double pioneer in that uh, yeah. sense. Um, she grew up uh, very poor in Nutbush, Tennessee. Um hmm. And uh, she was a cheerleader in high school. Imagine that you went to you were in the cheerleading squad with Tina Turner. You feel like you mm. really have to. It's a lot of competition in that uh, in that sense. Um, she uh, after graduating high school, she kind of tried out different jobs. She was a nurse's aide, and then eventually she wound up uh, hanging out in the nightclub scene and became a singer. Hooked up with uh, Ike. Uh, I think most of us know how that turned out. Not so good. You can watch the biopic What's Love Got to Do With It, starring Angela Bassett, if you want mm. more details on their tumultuous relationship. Um, Mad Max, of course, probably guaranteed her a certain degree of immortality in a different uh, different arena of pop culture. Uh, the Thunderdome, that's the arena. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Two men enter, but mm-hmm. only one man leaves. That's the, mm. that's the, the rules. Um, I was really surprised that when I, when I, uh, you know, I heard she'd passed away and I went to go look up information about her and it identified, identified her as a Swiss singer. And I was like, yeah. is this some weird thing where she was born on like an army base or something like that? Uh, you know, and then moved to America. Um, but no, the, quite the opposite. She renounced her American citizenship in 2013 and became a full-time Swiss citizen. 
Uh, so technically, yes, she died a Swiss recording artist. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she had, uh, for a while, I think she was living in Europe, um, just purely because it was a better place for, uh, I think purely, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was some financial motive behind it, but I think it's largely because it's a better place. You get treated better if you look like her in mm-hmm. Europe than you do here. I mean, in, it, that's generalizing it. There's a lot of places yeah. where that's not, not the case, but, um, you know, the legacy of, of, uh, African-Americans is, uh, uh, you know, uh, unfortunate and complicated. And so she felt more kind of at home living in Europe. Um, and you know, that's, that's, um, interesting that she put her money where her mouth is and, and fully renounced her citizenship after a yeah. bit too, which is, which is, I mean, it's especially sad when you consider that she's she's Tina Turner. She's world mm-hmm. famous, recognizable, and yet still was like, you know what? I got to go somewhere where, like, even then she was facing, you know, prejudice and racism, presumably. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, age seventy three became the oldest woman on the cover of Vogue magazine. So mm. she she continued to break barriers uh, even in her. Uh, Dotage. You like Tina Turner? Well, obviously, you're not going to say no. I don't like Tina Turner, but uh, no, yeah, I, I uh, certainly respect Tina Turner, and I like uh, the things. I had a weird Pavlovian reaction uh, to specifically that kind of uh, that uh, her big album. The, in that, I think there was one time where I was on a, uh, I, I was traveling with some friends. I think we had driven into the city. We were coming back, and and I got car sick, and that that was kind of blasting. And so I have this association that for years I would always say Tina Turner makes me car sick, but <laughs> like Clockwork um, Orange, she was an interview. Yeah, exactly. Uh... <laughs> um, but once I you know became not um, once I grew up a little bit, and I, I yeah. started to really appreciate. Um, not only the actual work, but also kind of, you know, its importance, what it means at the time, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was definitely more of an adult contemporary artist when we were younger. So yeah. it wasn't really aimed at our generation. This was back when pop music was, you know, had all different age groups and demographics. Mm-hmm. Um, but now when I hear it, it, of course, makes me intensely nostalgic for the yeah, 80s. Yeah, sure. So, uh, and I, I barely get car sick at all when I listen to her, so... Yeah, maybe I should try it. Maybe it might have the opposite effect now. Hmm. Yeah. Now I've gotten so over it. Now I'm like 100% like, oh, I'm starting to get car sick. Better put on Tina Turner. You'll I'll only be, you'll, you are, the only time you're not car sick is when you listen to Tina Turner. Right. So. Hmm. Well, goodbye, Tina. Pete, who do we have up <clears throat> next? Um, well, um, speaking of, uh, uh, of prejudice and racism and, uh, and scandal, um, we wanted to mark the passing of one uh, uh, Kenneth Wilbur Anglemeyer, hmm. known uh, to many as Kenneth Anger. He rebranded himself at some point, shortened it up. Smart. Um, passed away May 11th at the age of 96. Wow. Um, was born in 1927. American underground experimental filmmaker, actor, and author. Um, it, it was kind of I, I had a minute of kind of uh, uh, I think for the first time put together. The, oh wait a minute! The Kenneth Anger that makes the experimental films this is the same one that wrote Hollywood Babylon. I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I had never put that together. Yeah, but uh, it's one of America's first openly gay filmmakers. It broke some barriers in terms of like not only being openly gay, having his content made a lot of uh, kind of short experimental film. You might want to call them surrealist. I don't know, but uh, a lot of uh, experimental short films that were. Um, 
deeply they they involve two of his passions which were were passions but you know two two aspects of his life in that they were they were often kind of homoerotic and they also involved uh, elements of the occult he was a a friend of uh you know in the uh what is it the novo order the the california kind of you know satanist slash occultist scene and he claimed to not be a satanist he was a uh, friends with a lot of uh, people in that scene and a lot of people who are interested in that scene became friends with the rolling stones and jimmy page as they kind of you know in the 60s at post late 60s they got kind of interested in like hey what's this occult thing all about jimmy page probably more so <laughs> um he really went and um that. yeah i mean one of his first uh, um well known you know he's a guy that we encounter in you you see his stuff in film school if you if you do if you study film um you know kind of these early um you know you see like like stan brackage and maya darren and and kenneth anger um and uh, in the in 1947 was his his first kind of film to get kind of maybe not mainstream recognition but artistic recognition. Um, so he was about you know 20, um, oh. and uh, and it was controversial because of he he was put on trial for obscenity charges over the the kind of uh, homoerotic nature of the film um, because a lot of a lot of places a lot of states still had laws against you know actual homosexual conduct Mm -hmm. and um luckily he was acquitted uh made some more movies moved to europe became part of the avant-garde scene there and then kind of moved back to the u.s in in the 50s at some point and uh decided to write a book about all the he grew up in california and, and in the the la area decided to write a book about all the uh, rumors that he had heard about Hollywood the seedy stars, underbelly. And, yeah, and um, it's become a kind of infamous work I- over the years. It's it's many of the claims of the stories of the rumor bits have been either disproven or or exaggerated. Exaggerated. It turns out a lot of it's made up, and and not necessarily saying that he made it up, but it, it, you know, it's like oh, I heard this. It's like playground rumors. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are still urban legends, even though they've been disproven. Recommend everybody go check out. Um, you must remember this. Uh, Karina Longworth did a whole series of kind of like poking through some of the uh, rumors that came from this book. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's noted, cited as an important influence on a lot of modern directors like uh, David Lynch, John Waters, Martin Scorsese, which is interesting. If you look at the kind of uh, his use of like color and shot composition is really impressive how like oh wow that's that's very kind of stark and modern for something that you wouldn't necessarily associate with a with a small experimental independent film of the era yeah um but besides his uh, um besides the the notability the the um kind of doubt cast on on uh, Hollywood Babylon and the kind of uh, the stuff that he's, you know, the the ire that he may have drawn for that. He's also kind of uh, said and done some other things that have angered angered eh? people over the years. He's I know people who a lot of people were, you know, to separate the art from the artist kind of a thing where a lot of people have when we, we saw that he passed, a lot of people commented on like, oh, how important his work was and how groundbreaking, you know, and he broke down a lot of barriers, but also um a lot of people claimed that he was a liar and a racist he he had very kind of um you know the 
the kinds of claims he once said something about being slightly to the right of the KKK in terms of his uh, uh, views on on race in America, and then you know would stand behind the like oh, I'm just you know I'm just kidding I'm being a provo- provocateur, but yeah. but um, I think actually you know had a lot of uh, issues and problems and uh, I don't know tough to tough to pin down, but. Um, did did some important work. Should be kind of noted, recognized. Was important to a lot of people, and um, and so uh, age of ninety six, Ken Anglemeyer would not talk much about why he changed it to anger, other than it was like a rebranding that was more memorable. And I think that that totally. was a good idea. Yeah, uh, it's impressive that he made it to ninety six because you you know if you. Yeah, wager it on people who'd make it to ninety six. Kenneth Anger probably would not have been one of the people that a lot of people would have uh, wagered on. Yeah, so, uh, it just goes to show you. Yeah. You never know. It's 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 roulette. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, moving on to another artist. Uh, this week we have to mention the passing of Ralph Lee. Ralph hmm. Lee, uh, puppeteer, creator of theatrical events. It's kind of hard to pin down exactly one category he'd be in. Um, he started off in the '60s doing off-off Broadway, you know, uh, set set pieces and puppetry and things like that, masks, um, props, and puppets, and so on. Uh, but it was in 1974 that he created the uh, thing that would be his legacy, which is the New York City Halloween Parade. Mm. Started off in 1974 with 200 adults and children in Greenwich Village, and uh, quickly caught on, particularly as a uh, as a gay community event um, and eventually became the world's largest Halloween parade and the only Mm. major nighttime parade in the United States. Mm. I'm curious about the major part, what the line is between a major parade and a minor parade. Minor nighttime parades. (laughs) Like, like Disneyland. Like what about that? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's not a major one. I don't know. Um, Yes. Now it's, 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 if you've never seen it, you should check it out. I'm sure there's clips on YouTube, but there's mm-hmm. puppets, 50 marching bands, uh, and it's a very um, grassroots kind of thing. Anyone can march in it. You don't have to, you know, uh, like, so basically you just go down to the parade, start walking, and you're you're officially part of the parade. And um, something like 250,000 people currently uh, go at, see it in person, and plus it's, you know, worldwide, broadcast yeah. worldwide. Um, is it? I have I seen it. Is it on TV or something? Uh, or on, I remember on the internet. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, I remember maybe New York One. That's not a, mm. that's not a national thing. But maybe even like the Sci Fi right. Channel or G Four, one of those kind of like minor, huh. smaller pop cultural uh, channels. So uh, also noteworthy because they frequently will uh, address political, current political issues uh, in sure. their. Uh, after September 11th, they were like, oh, should we have this? And uh, so the, it was, was with them the first time they canceled it. And so they said, no, we have to do it. It's the spirit of New York. And I think the uh, rebirth was kind of the theme of it. Like the, 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 there was a big Phoenix uh, float and everything like that. So uh, mm-hmm. and they've done other stuff. Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Sandy, um, et cetera. Um, yeah. So, uh, Pete, have you ever gone to the uh, Halloween parade? Sure. Did yeah, you get dressed that, up? I, no, I don't think uh, I never went in it, but I, you know, mm-hmm. watched it, and I don't yeah. think I was. May, maybe I was dressed up, but I doubt it. I don't, not not as consistent. I'm not into 
I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not as into the Hollywood th- Hollywood thing, the Halloween thing as, uh, or the Hollywood thing. Yeah. The Halloween thing as some other people get, you know, some people, uh, you know, start, you know, in January, start marking their calendar, be like, okay, 10 months, you yeah. know. Start working um, costume. Yeah. I, um, always a fun time. Um, I remember watching the, um, there's the, the kind of clock tower of, what is it, the library on the, on yeah, the corner? Jefferson, that, Jefferson yeah, Jefferson Library, I think. And um and there's a giant spider that would climb down the tower mm-hmm. that uh, that was a, probably a puppet of his perhaps you know of uh, um and I think there's some um you know my my wife's family are theater people and they they were involved with the you know did some oh, work yeah. with La Mama and stuff like that over the years so I'm, I'm there's a box here of some kind of like uh, avant-garde masks and stuff that huh. i i feel like might have might be related to a production of his i'm not sure i'd have to do some more research but oh that's cool um it's funny when, when you when you put in in the in your notes as far as who you were going to talk about um and uh i i swear that you uh you know i would have sworn rather that you were talking about um bill lee who also passed away this week who was spike lee's father and a composer oh right a musician um, but, uh, no, turns out bad week for the Lees. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I want to thank, uh, super Nick on Twitter for, uh, calling this a particular, uh, entry to our attention. So if, hmm. uh, we are on Twitter at who died Pete Alex. So you can, mm-hmm. uh, let us know, get, call our attention to someone, particularly if it's someone like this, who I might not have noticed otherwise, but you know, Tina Turner, <clears throat> Everyone knew, knew Tina Turner died, but sure, Billy yeah. probably not as widely known. So uh, thanks, Super Nick. Yeah, and, it, uh, it, um, somebody who we we have been impacted by. You know, we've both right. been to the. Uh, I didn't turn it around and ask you, but I think you were you you've been to the Halloween parade uh, several times, right? I I watched years. it as a I watched it from the stands when I was in college. I tried to go march in the parade, but the people I uh, were going with. Um, would take forever to get ready and so by the time we'd get mm. there the parade it's you know there would still be people walking around in costumes and stuff, but the parade itself would be mm. disbanded by then so i've never actually had the honor of walking in the in the parade so i'm picturing you in like a like a you know hammerhead costume or something like come on guys come on and they're all like putting the fin- finishing touches on their like you know flapper and hobo yeah. and all like the no, I think the one I particularly remember is that I was Groucho Marx, uh, which is a very mm. easy costume to do. You just put sure. on eyebrows. And so I was probably very, very quickly, and my mm. friends had much more elaborate uh, elaborate costumes. But uh, mm. goodbye, funny man. Oh, didn't you, uh, did it go right by the Barnes & Noble that you once worked at? Uh, I went by the Barnes & Noble on 6th Avenue. I, didn't, oh, I worked not... at the other one, but... Uh, okay. Uh, I worked on the one on Fifth Avenue. It, the parade okay. has changed routes over the years as it's gotten sure. bigger and, and so on. So uh, yeah. possibly at one point it did go by that one. Hmm. Well, um, my next uh, honoree is not a Lee. It's a tree. It's the mm-hmm. cotton tree. <laughs> wanted to uh, tip of the hat to, uh, I know we, we have phrased our, our uh, intro, the, the kind of uh, the motto of the show into the noteworthy uh, what did we say? Individuals or something like that. We've we we don't we don't want to say people because we've had some other You've already uh, had a animals <laughs> and we had a duck. We had a we had a panda. Uh-huh. Now we're going to talk about a tree. The cotton tree uh, was about, about uh, seventy meter. That's two hundred and thirty feet or so tall tree. 
Um, it was a cotton tree, the oldest of its kind in Freetown, Sierra Leone, and one of the most famous landmarks of Sierra Leone. Um, there are, nobody knows exactly how old it was, but it was at least 400 years old. It was There are records, like when, when uh, white settlers from Britain came to check out Sierra Leone, the tree was already there, and who knows how long it had been there. Um, then uh, a couple years later, after they, they had, uh, you know, the white settlers had gotten there, then they were talking, they had gone back, and in uh, the province of Nova Scotia, in Canada, there was a uh, large group of um, f- freed former slaves from America. They had fought for the British in the, in the Revolutionary War, earned their freedom, and they were living in Nova Scotia, and they're like, you know what, Nova Scotia's cold. And somebody's like, oh, you know what, we just found a new um, good place to hang out in Africa, if you guys want to go there, they're like, yeah. And um, simplifying it quite a bit, I think. But <laughs> um, yeah, more than uh, more than 1,100 uh, former slaves go, got on a boat and uh, and sailed to Sierra Leone. And uh, they they settled the Freetown, uh, appropriately named, uh, around the cotton tree. They got there and they had to, you know, they're like, all right, well, we got to clear out a space to build our our town. And let's build it around, centralized around the cotton tree. Like, hmm. you know, clear out the, the, the square until you get to the tree. And then the tree will be kind of the um, center. And yeah. And, and uh, so then, you know, the, the town and city just kind of built up from there. And in, um, it's been a constant landmark in, in uh, Sierra Leone, gained its independence, uh, for, no longer a colony in 1961. And Queen Elizabeth came to kind of visit the tree and, and kind of give it you know, give them their, well, her blessing or whatever it is, basically saying like, all right, see you later. I'm picturing it like, you know, uh, uh, King George and Hamilton. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, it, it was on postage stamps. When, when um, After it, they gained their independence. They printed their first money. They put the tree, the cotton tree, on the money. Um, and it, it was just a constant kind of uh, symbol, you know, landmark and symbol and, and kind of, you know, the heart of... Freetown and Sierra Leone uh, um, uh, as, as a whole. Um, and uh, the president of uh, Sierra Leone, uh, Julius Bio, 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 um, mourned the law saying there's no stronger symbol of our national story than the cotton tree, a physical embodiment of where we come from as a country. And uh, they're, they're, the branches, it was a huge storm that just blew through. Um, they've, Sierra Leone has had a lot of, uh, they've been really kind of, uh, unfortunately at the forefront of a lot of climate change, uh, disasters. They've had mudslides, they've had, um, you know, a, a lot of heavy rains and, and, uh, and this storm is the kind of, you know, uh, uh, an element of that in that it, it just hard, hard rains, strong winds, just kind of took out the the tree this the the base of the tree this the trunk of the tree is still standing um over the years it had been kind of as the climate kind of as these storms picked up and things like that they had braced it with some more you know there was like basically metal uh braces and scaffolding around the bottom yeah um you know like when you see an athlete getting older and um they but uh to no avail that uh, the tree kind of cracked the the stump is still there and the stump is, is you know tall <laughs> um you know it's not just like oh, a little tree stump it's like taller than people yeah. um but it's still there and they're they're um kind of ruminating on how they're going to memorialize you know they're not just going to build them all over it obviously they're the tree is hundreds of years of of national symbol and they're going to build a a 
memorial to it um, on the site of the tree, and they're they're kind of figuring out what that's going to be. They they've said we're gonna we're gonna include input from the community, diverse voices. We're going to make a monument, including the remnants. So they're built on the base of the tree. They're going to kind of build a new monument, kind of uh, um, memorializing the tree and bringing the historic kind of uh, importance of it into into perspective. But it's kind of crazy to think that, that you know, um, this tree was just a, a constant in the, in the, in the town for, for longer than, you know, uh, I America mean, has existed <laughs> longer than America's existed pretty much. You know what I mean? 1787, it was, there was already standing, it was already a mature standing tree. So we can assume yeah. it had been there for years already. Um, and so like all of, all of American history, this tree was just there. Wow. Yeah. I guess they, they, they just plant a new one and then wait around for 400 years or whatever to the, right. To, to the next one. Right. The new cotton tree. And that would be like the, <laughs> Or the, the, yes, the, the, uh, well, I'm trying to think of like, you know, the Mercedes Benz new cotton tree experience. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. You know, you have to have corporate sponsorship and it would be all yeah. kind of uh, walled yeah. off and you'd have to get like uh, tickets. You have to book tickets in advance to go see the tree. Yeah. A nightmare. It's a virtual tree now. They just have holograms and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. And that'd so. be kind of cool, actually. So since the tree is not, not tearing down the tree to replace it, but since the tree did fall, if they could like if they could be at the forefront of getting some cool kind of high tech replacement for it in a hologram or something like that, that would be kind of neat. Yeah, <clears throat> we'll see. I don't know. Well, I'm going to dip into the history books for our hmm. last one, um, and this one shocked me because it was 25 years ago that we lost the great Phil Hartman. You may remember him from such films as Jingle All the Way, Three Amigos, and Coneheads. But of course, it's his work on Saturday Night Live and The Simpsons that will forever, he'll forever live on in our cultural memories. Uh, born in uh, Ontario, Canada, he started off as a graphic designer. He did album covers uh, oh, for yeah. uh, America, Poco, Steely Dan, and others. The Steely Dan album Asia, which is probably their most famous album he did the cover for that one so uh even without becoming an actor he would have at least lived on some small part of uh Mm -hmm. had some small impact he joined the groundlings the famous uh, improv group and then uh worked his way up to saturday night live from 1986 to 1994 uh where he got the nickname glue because mm. all the other uh, performers were like, he's the he's the solid thing, holds everyone together. He's the dependable, uh, you know, workhorse type of guy. Although it's weird that they call it a workhorse glue, but mm. <laughs> well, looking looking ahead. Yes, exactly. Uh, he did several. You no, know, he was mostly known as like a kind of utility player, playing whatever small parts. Sure, not necessarily showy ones, but uh, he did have some characters that. Uh, made impressions frank sinatra frankenstein unfrozen caveman lawyer of course mm. uh the anal retentive chef and the narrator of deep thoughts with jack handy hmm. uh he also had the distinction of playing bill clinton donald trump ronald reagan and jesus so wow uh, talk about a range that's a and frankenstein uh, <laughs> and frankenstein so um <clears throat> He was on the sitcom news radio uh, and other appearances, but uh, The Simpsons 
where he really is kind of uh, especially missed. He first appeared as Lionel Hutz in the first season, and mm. uh, they enjoyed working with him so much that they said, why don't we make this Lionel Hutz like a recurring character? And uh, he had several recurring characters, uh, Troy McClure, of course, and mm. uh, but also some one-offs, Charlton Heston, Lyle Landley, the monorail salesperson. Um, and after he passed away, they retired all of his characters. So he's mm. definitely a, uh, a distinction in that, you know, you can tell where you are in The Simpsons. Um, he did the last, I think, season 10, I think, was his last uh, mm. appearance in the episode Bart the Mother. Um, mm. I think that might have been my last appearance on The Simpsons, too, <laughs> as a viewer. Um some other things I learned is he was supposed to be the voice of Zap Brannigan in uh, Futurama. You could totally hear it, you know, yeah. when, when you... Uh, hear- now in my head, I'm like, wait, he's not the voice of Zap Brannigan? <laughs> yes, it's Billy West doing an impression sure. of Phil Hartman doing an impression of... It's not quite William Shatner. It's... No. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other uh, Futurama uh, connection is that... Um, uh, Philip J. Fry, the Philip in Philip J. Fry, is in honor of Philip Hartman. Hmm, they gave Phil, uh, Fry the first name. Um, and the other tantalizing what if is that uh, uh, Phil Hartman wanted to do a live action Troy McClure movie. Uh, oh, wow. Which would, and he was prepared to, like, you know, buy the rights to it and everything, but uh, hmm. uh, it didn't work out. So, uh, but really. Uh, strange to imagine what that would have uh been <laughs> yeah so uh you know do we, we lo- think that is that it, it, you know if you boil it down to one thing will people remember him as troy mcclure and not his saturday night live because to me it was like oh he's the guy from saturday night live and then you know popped up on the simpsons yeah only because i think largely because that was my peak time of watching saturday night live was that kind of you know yeah those five years or so, five to ten years of of kind of the Phil Hartman era into the the one that just barely. Uh, it's followed. an interesting, uh, interesting. I mean, I feel like Saturday Night Live is not necessarily the kind of thing when people start watching it that they go back and rewatch right. all the old <clears throat> seasons. Um, so it seems unlikely that someone would discover his. You know, most people probably aren't going to discover him in Saturday Night Live. The Simpsons, you know, that continues to live on, and especially those early seasons that people hold up as the uh, as the top ones. But whether or not people will will he stand out, or will he be like will only be like you know voice artist people, like people who know Maurice LaMarche. You know what I mean? Like to people sure, who know yeah. voice, they know, <clears throat> but he's not like a mainstream everyday you know name. So he might be in that kind of like. Uh, not quite footnote but you know like that will be the entryway i think the simpsons yeah. is that will be the entryway if if he uh either that or uh peewee's big adventure he was key in inventing he helped paul rubens develop the peewee character so, yeah uh, and co-wrote the the movie right right i believe yes and appeared in the uh la version of the, the early version of the uh the live version of peewee's playhouse back when it right. was a uh, Unknown thing. So, looking up the years that he like both, I think with the Simpsons and Saturday Night Live, like Phil Hartman is my era, and then outside of that, not much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you're a you're a um, Hartman so baby. Yeah, 
So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I two of my kind of pocket, uh, or at least two of my, my pocket sketches that I love um, that are, you know, the, the ones that I always refer to that are not, probably not the most well-known um, he features in heavily. It's I, I've mentioned before, I think, the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea sketch, which is hard to find, with, uh-huh. where he plays uh, uh, Ned Land. He does a Kirk, Kirk Douglas impersonation, which is hilarious. And then uh, um, the uh, uh, Robot Repair sketch, Let's Repair Robots. <laughs> it's just a, a high-concept uh, all uh, sketch gone. I don't know. It's It's... Hard to explain, but uh, but he, he plays the robot repairman in that. So, worth checking out. It's all him. Yeah, I mean, he was in, a, in an era on Saturday Night Live of, of big, you know, big characters. Chris Farley and Mike right, Myers yeah. and Adam Sandler and all. The, so, it's it's he it's, it was tough to stand. You know, he didn't really stand out in that sense where, like, oh, let's do a movie based on one of Phil Hartman's characters. But, you know, he was right. always he was always fun to see. So. Yeah, and I loved him on news radio too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that'll well, wrap up the history mailbag for today, and uh, that'll wrap up our episode. As always, there are people that we people and trees and animals that we uh, were not able to uh, yeah. mention this week. Um, you know, give give tips of the hats too. Um, but uh, but you know, if you if we uh, missed your. Somebody that you're disappointed that we missed, you know, be sure to comment below if you're watching it on YouTube or, as we said, we're on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I think it's Who Died Pete Alex. Um, and, uh, or you can go to Who Died.xyz and that'll get you to uh, not only the, the, you'll be able to listen to the show, you'll be able to watch the show from there. It'll link to our social media platforms. And uh, so, so let us know uh, somebody, you know, who you we're sad to see pass away or somebody who you were happy to see pass away in an alternate, uh, you know, if you're, if there's good riddance, uh, that, that also counts here. Yeah. So, um, hopefully you're enjoying this. Hopefully we'll see you next week on a brand new who died with Pete and Alex. Oh.